the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Good evening, everyone. Inside the Jets is broadcast live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits here inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. The band is back together. Bart Scott. Um, Our table is back together. I, How I, about that? I'll tell you what, we got a big crowd tonight, too. So the, so, so the Jets must have won. We call that Victory Monday. Uh, yes, it is. They're a vi- back on the bandwagon. It, it is a Victory Monday. The Jets are the five. The beer so much five, better. Well, yes, the beer. There's a couple beers uh, going on. Going around right now, a couple of cold waters as well for the youngsters. Uh, the Jets are five and seven, a 38-31 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. First order of business is you made a wager before the year started with ESPN personality and former New York Giant Chris Canny. Boo! Come on, no Ca- Car- <laughs> Cars were on the line. Bart Scott said the Jets would win five games. In two- no, or more. I didn't. Uh, no, come on. I didn't just. Okay. Happen at five, man. Don't be hating. So, five games in 2017 while the Jets just beat the Chiefs. So, the Jets have you, you've won the you've won the bet. Yeah. And, and the bet was a Ferrari versus a Bentley. Correct. Absolutely. So, what's happening now? Is Chris Canny owning up on the bet? Well, you know what? A couple of weeks ago, me and Chris shared the same agent. It was his birthday. I left it up to the fans, and the fans thought I should show mercy. And I gave them a buyout package for 60 grand, 40 cash, and 20,000 for my charity. You know, so it's Christmas time, so I'm going to use that money to give back. I didn't know if I had enough time to sell a Bentley or put it on um, Craigslist or anything like that or eBay. So Chris Canny still has the Bentley. He still has the Bentley. He still has the Bentley, but I got 60,000. So Bart Scott puts. The merciful Bart Scott. The merciful Bart Scott puts 40,000 in his pocket. And 20000 to charity. Balling on a budget, man. You just let me know if you can get a hall pass, man. We'll go out on this town and tear it up. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely get a hall pass. I want to go out with you and spend some of that forty k. Bottom line is, what did you see from the Jets in the summer to make your prediction and eventually your dream uh, or your um, desirable outcome came true? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I've been in this situation before and, you know, I was a member of the Baltimore Ravens in 2002 after they lost... You know, Rod Woodson, Shannon Sharp, Sarah Gusa, Sam Adams, uh, Jamie Sharper, you know, Dwayne Starks, you know, all the, you know, the great players. And I know sometimes you can underestimate young talent because you don't know who they are. Um, but every athlete that's in the NFL is here because they're bet, they bet on their self and they use that as motivation. And I knew that teams would come in and underestimate them and they would play above you know, their weight, and they're punching above their weight, and it's because they're, they're getting chemistry. And what happens is when you don't have a Darrell Rivas, when you don't have a David Harris, when you don't have a Nick Mango, what happens is now it's on everybody, and you don't depend. Sometimes we depend too much on our superstars, and what happens is when it is no superstars or superstars that are in the making, then everybody, you know, carries their fair share of weight, and they don't lean and wait for, you know, for somebody to make a play because they know everybody has to make a play. Uh, nobody talked about it. Yesterday in the winning locker room, and I, I didn't hear it from many Jets fans, but the Jets equaled their win total from a year ago. You just mentioned a number of players who were on 
the New York Jets in 2016. The Jets went 5-11 and last year. Right now they're sitting at 5-7, and uh, four games to go. Nothing to celebrate. No, uh, no. If you ask Todd Bowles and the players in the locker room, and here in a few moments we'll be joined by defensive lineman Xavier Cooper and also wide receiver slash kick returner JoJo Natson. Um, if you ask anybody. I always love names like JoJo. You like JoJo? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's sweet, man. That, that rolls off the tongue, man. All right, all right so we're going to talk to JoJo. Joe Jeezy? In, in, in a few moments. But the guys in the locker room will tell you, we should be sitting here at about 7-5 or 8-4. and four. Think about the games against Miami when you had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. Or Atlanta when you had a lead at home. Or Carolina when you had a lead at home. So the Jets are just a couple plays away from being in a good spot as far as playoff contention is concerned. Well, you know, it's called it's called a growth cycle. And, um, you know, they've, they've learned from their mistakes, and yesterday was proof of that. And that's what you want to do. You want to be able to get that experience. I tell people that veterans are veterans not because they've never made mistakes. It's because they made those mistakes and they've learned from them. It's not a sin to make a mistake. It's a sin to make the same mistake and not learn from other people on, on, your, on your squad making mistakes. What happens is you get that experience. And some of these guys, you know, they want to be part of the future. You know, going forward, next year is going to be shake up. They're going to bring in more players. Sure. But what happens is now you're going to have, you know, tremendous depth because the young guys that may be starting this year, everybody may not start next year. But what happens is now you have confidence in a guy when you've got to call somebody's number because you've seen them do it before and they've been in those situations. Inside the Jets is presented by EY, building a better working world. While that was an entertaining ball game at MetLife, MetLife Stadium. Started off bad, though. It Wild. Is, I was nervous. Well, before most people sat down and had their cold beverage and maybe a popcorn or two, uh, it was 14 nothing Chiefs. Yeah, man. Well, I was, but I, the Jets did not panic. I was heating up my wings, man. It was 14 nothing. I was yeah. like, what, what happened? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That, you know, Tebow's the, a hell of a thing, man. I, mean, <laughs> I had to go to Tebow and see what happened, man. Yeah, but the Chiefs, but the Jets did not panic. I like what I saw from them. They absorbed a punch, and then they countered. You're a boxing fan, and that's exactly what the Jets did. They actually took a lead into halftime at 21-17. You know, to, to quote the great Rocky Bell Bowl, it ain't about hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep <laughs> moving forward. That's how winning is done. Hey, uh, what did you think about the offensive balance against the Chiefs? Nearly 500 yards of total offense for this team and 49 rush attempts. So the Jets dominated time of possession, and they did a great job up front, specifically on a guy like Justin Houston, a guy who's been rushing the passer at an elite level for many years in the National Football League. Well, absolutely. I mean, you talk about, I mean, did they run 1,000 plays? It seems, <laughs> like, it, it seems like they ran 1,000 plays. I know they ran 12 from, like, the one-inch line, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, that last drive. <laughs> well, it just talks about, that just speaks to uh, Josh and, and, and the offense ability to, to convert third downs. You, I mean, you talk about on third down, they were 13 for 20, I believe. 13 to 20, 65%. A absolutely. So whenever you're above 45 to 50%, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be efficient, and, and you're going to continue to keep the chains moving. And if you don't score points, you're going to flip the field and make them have to go, um, you know, 80, 90, 70 yards, and that's always a good thing. So I was very proud of how they, they battled. They battled. They, they, they fought, and they grind. And winning in this league is never easy. 
and, and, and they just, you know, they just kept pulling the rope. What do you think about Josh McCown? Now he's got five touchdowns on the ground this season. It, it, that of the Jets, 11 <laughs> rush touchdowns. But he had like a 15. No, he had at least five quarterback sneaks. Yep. You know, he's a he big guy, He likes calling man. his own number. Absolutely. I tell you what, he, you know, he's still in pretty good shape. You know, uh, I, I wouldn't make a living of uh, diving forward, you know, because God, defenders, as a defender, whenever I see a quarterback, you know, do the quarterback sneak. I know his head is his, his head is eligible, right? And guys will take shots at the head, but you know, he you know he, he has one of the best heads of hair in the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the blind bomber, you know, got that nice thick coat. You know, it protects him from all good concussions and what, stuff like that. What do you think about the way McCown is so adept in the pocket? He feels the rush, and sometimes he'll tuck it. If it's third and ten, and he sees a lot of green in front of, in front of him, he'll pick up eleven. But the thing that I've been so impressed with is that. He slides and he finds himself space and finds himself throwing lengths. Well, when you think about young quarterbacks, the first thing they do when they feel the pressure is they retreat, which is the worst thing to do. It's, it's kind of like being in the eye of the, uh, the uh, hurricane. Right. It's safe in the center. So, you know, great veteran quarterbacks understand they need to step up and step left and right. You know, you don't want to retreat because what happens is, you know, they continue to come. And when you retreat backwards, you're not in a position to see the field and also to deliver the ball. And a lot of young guys look down, don't they? Yeah, when, absolutely. When the rush comes. They see the rush. You have to feel the rush. And, you know, give some credit to this offensive line. I think they've started to get a lot of chemistry together, and um, they've been healthy for the most part. And guys have come in and filled in when guys went down admirably. And, you know, uh, you have to tip your hat to them because they're providing him the opportunity. Josh McCown is a veteran quarterback. Whenever he reads man-to-man -man coverage, he understands that everybody's back. If he beats the wave, of the, uh, of the defensive line, he understands that everybody's back is turned and he can get those yards. And that's what I talked about when I mentioned that he was a professional quarterback early in the year when everybody was saying, hey, maybe they should you know, evaluate the young guys. Josh McCown gives you an opportunity to evaluate the entire football team and everybody is flourishing, everybody is starting to develop and get better and talk about the chemistry between those two receivers right now. Talk about for the first time since how long? You got to go back to the 1960s when the Jets had a pair of receivers named George Sauer and Don Maynard. Black and white TV. So this is the first time Jet fans have seen it in color. Two, two receivers go over 100 yards. For, in back-to-back, -back, in consecutive yeah, back weeks. To back. Yeah, back-to-back, back-to-back. All right, so what's Way the, to clean it up for me. What, yeah, hey, I appreciate it. Hey, buddy, what is the ceiling on Robbie Anderson? Because... I'm tweeting during the game, and a lot of folks are saying, you know, yeah, Robbie Anderson, he only could be a two or a three. I don't know if we know what his ceiling is right now. If you look at his stats over the course of a 16-game season, he's on pace for 1,100 yards. And it's not just 1,100 yards. He's getting into the end zone as well. They keep falling. I don't understand how teams keep falling for the banana and tailpipe. The yeah. dude is fast. I know he looks like Wiz Khalifa, you know what I mean? He's dangly and he doesn't look fast. But listen, get back. I don't understand why guys, you know, that's guys' own pride, thinking, no, he can't be that fast. And they're looking at tape until they see it in real life. And he gets on top of you, and he's making great plays, and he's learning how to high point the ball, and he's starting to, to, to really eliminate those drops that he had early in the career. And he's learning to run the route tree the entire route tree, so guys can't fall off. He's starting to add some more routes to his repertoire, and I think Curse has been a tremendous asset for him as he's doing all the grimy work. All right, I have some FanDuel fantasy analysis for you, brought to you by FanDuel. Have all the fantasy that football has to offer. Be sports rich. 
you got to be looking at the Jets receivers right now. Absolutely. Yeah, fantasy players is, is out Rob, there. How about your main curse? Is Robbie available? Uh, on some, in some leagues, he probably yeah, he might be. At, at the beginning of the year, you could get Robbie Anderson cheap. You're getting Robbie Anderson cheap no more because these guys are getting it done on the outside. And how about, how about McCown? Because he's thrown for 18 touchdowns. He rushed for five touchdowns. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, he, he's having a career year. And that just shows you, you know, you never know what you're going to get, man. And that's why we play the game. You know, people want to, you know, assume that they understand the narrative and, and, and put people in the boxes. And he's, he's, he's breaking out of that box. He's shattering that box. All right. Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. A response is everything. Eric Allen and Bart Scott here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. And we'll be right back with a pair of New York Jets. Defensive lineman Xavier Cooper. And also wide receiver, kick returner, JoJo. Joe Jeezy. Nets. Welcome back to the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen and Bart Scott. Our player guest segment is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. I brought up a pair of younger Jets for you, Bart Scott, right now. JoJo Natson and Xavier Cooper. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. You do that so here. well, man. He's such a pro, man. I'm learning from this dude every day. Seamless uh, uh, right there. Uh, um, yeah, well, you might. Uh, Great transitions, man. I, I'll tell You're you what. Go. You might have to use a couple transitions in uh, your next job. <laughs> but we're, we're not going to talk about that right now. Yeah, uh, we're on the wrong air uh, for that, man. Hey, guys, uh, how good did it feel to pick up a W yesterday? Man, felt great. All the hard work, you know, it pays off. That's, that's what we practice for. That's what we, you know, watch film for is to get that win. So it was a good feeling. Like Ed said, man, it, was, it felt good, you know, to get back, uh, get a W, you know. They always say winning cures, you know, everything. So yeah. It felt good. What was, what was the mood like on the sideline when you went down 14-0, when they came out and, and, and Kelsey came out and with the old banana in the tailpipe wheel route? What was the, what was the, the mood like on the sideline? I think, you know, I, I expected the same mood if we was up 14-0. Um, I think guys were staying together, and guys knew it's a long game. A lot of plays to be made, and, you know, we came back and, you know, handled our business, and we got the win. Uh, Xavier, uh, I want to talk about, while we have both of you guys up here right now, your path to the New York Jets. You played at Washington State University. Yes, sir. Then you were a third-round pick of the Cleveland Browns in mm -hmm. 2015. Can you tell us about your time in Cleveland? Man, um, why you want to make this man relive a nightmare? Right? Come on, man. Let, let the man talk. Scatter, folks, let listen. Xavier Cooper talk. Okay? No, uh, my path was uh, unique. You know, I was drafted in third round, 96 uh, overall, played with Cleveland for two years, and, um, you know, was on three teams this year. Started off in training camp uh, with the Browns, then was with San Francisco for seven games, and then came to the Jets. So it's, you know, bar to tell you, man, in this league, ain't nothing guaranteed. You got to work for it. It's an interview every day. So I'm learning that. But what about connections, Xavier? Because in Cleveland, you had a defensive line coach, right? And Robert Nunn. Yes. Who got to know you awfully well. And I'm sure he had a hand in bringing you here to the Jets. Yeah, uh, Coach Nunn was uh, there last year. And we were a super young group. Uh, none is a technician, so every day you got to work your craft and get better at your craft. And, you know, I like working with him because, you know, he helps me be a better D lineman. And, of course, I played with Josh, too, uh, with the Browns, too. So, you know, I'm happy Josh is uh, getting all this success. We'll get to that in a second. JoJo Natson, you played at Utah State. You transferred to Akron, undrafted. Yep. Yep. 
Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah. People's yeah. champ, yeah. too. Yeah, part of the fraternity up here. Yeah. He got that big signing bonus. We yeah, don't talk he, to him. Yeah, he, he don't know what it's like. Okay. He don't, yeah, know, he don't yeah. know what it's like. I, I also was right, undrafted, right. so you got to feel good. So the, all three of these <laughs> guys undrafted. Jojo. You got the same signing bonus. <laughs> Jojo, um, can you tell us about your time in Indianapolis this summer and then coming over here to the Jets? Uh, well, you know, when I drafted, um, I was blessed, you know, to get an opportunity with the Colts. Um, I did really well. I felt like I did really well in the preseason, you know. Uh, you know, things didn't work, work out over there. So, they was you know. hating. Just keep it real. They was hating. You should have been there. They was hating. He hey, can't really? say it. I'll say it nah. for you. Hey, yeah. you, you, picked up the, you picked up the nicknames the Ant-Man and the Flea in yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah, did, any, did any of those it, stick, or did you like any of those? I mean, that, I thought it was going to stick. If I, if I was around, if I stayed around, I thought it was going to stick. But, right. Uh, but, yeah, they kind of they kind of gave me that nickname, you know, being – you know, one of the smaller guys on the team, so, you know, but it's all good. It was, uh, pound for pound, though, right? Pound for pound, yeah, always. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, like I say, the journey over there was, uh, it, and, you know, God, you know, blessed me to come through another path over here in New York, so it was just a good time being. This is, this is a much better city than Indianapolis oh, yeah, and sure. Cleveland anyway. For sure, yes. for sure. So hey, Indianapolis is not a bad city. <laughs> Not bad. I'm just saying. I love New York. Indianapolis is not bad if it, for conventions and stuff. Yeah, conventions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's all. Okay. That's because they always got space available. That's why yeah. they always got conventions. Now, <laughs> now this guy over here, JoJo Natson, five seven, what? About 153 pounds? No, nah, I'm a, on on a good day. I'm about one. Yeah, about 160 on a good day. Okay. Yeah. So, Bart, this is a message to everybody out there. Watching on NewYorkJets.com, watching on Facebook, listening on ESPN Radio. All the youngsters growing up. Oh, yeah. it, it's not the size of the man, it's the size of the oh, heart. Yeah, well, that's, 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 why I love, that's why I love football because, you know, Mike Singletary, who was a, you know, my linebacker coach in Baltimore, used to tell me that greatness comes in all shapes and sizes. And if you can play, it's a position for you in football. It's not right. like basketball where you got to be, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, mm-hmm. You know, you got, you got guys like Isaiah Thomas, you know, but that's about it. You know, you, you have greater examples of guys that are under uh, six feet. You talk about Dante Hall. You know, who, who are some of the smaller guys that you looked up to as you were trying to say, hey, I'm going to dare to be great. I'm going to try and make it to the NFL. Who are somebody, some, some people that influenced you? Uh, Darren Sproles was, like, one of my, you know, biggest, you know, assets that I looked up to, you know, being same height. I mean, he was a little thicker, but, you know, he, he kind of, like, paid the way for me, showed me that I can do it. And, you know, I just stuck with my dream. You know, I've always been against all the odds, so. I just, you know, I just, you know, got motivation from, you know, those people uh, saying I can't do it. So I just kept, I kept going. Eric Allen here with Bart Scott and JoJo Natson and Xavier Cooper. Xavier, what's it uh, been like inside that defensive line room? You coming in after being with the 49ers, you got to acclimate to the new surroundings, pick up a new system, and then hit the ground running. Yeah. Well, the system... Uh that we're playing in now, the defense that we're in now is kind of similar to what I played in last year um, with Ray Horton. He was a DC yep. uh, for us last year, and none, you know, it's the same calls. You know, usually Bart knows. You know, a lot of the stuff is is carryover from team to team. It's a copycat league, as you know. So, you know, it was it was pretty good. Um, uh, you know, getting in there, learning the guys, learning how the guys operate. But it was an easy transition for me. Everybody's super humble. You know, cool to talk to. So, I think that's a tough thing uh, coming in. Just mid-season, basically what both right. both of you guys yeah. have done, because not only are you picking up, packing, moving, 
saying, okay, I got a new working environment, but you have to, both of you guys are in positions where you have to prove it on the practice field. Because if you come in and you don't prove it on the practice field, you're not getting playing time or you're not here and you're looking for a new address. And it's tough. It's tough because you have to earn the trust of your coaching staff and teammates, but you have limited opportunities. A lot of times when you're a backup, you know, you're um, – you're running the scout team, you know, play. So, you know, you, you get very few opportunities to run the offense and prove that you, you know, uh, absorb the offense. So, I mean, I commend both of these guys. It's tough coming in. And, you know, that's what people don't understand when they talk about, you know, they say, hey, we are millionaires and, you know, life is easy. But, you know, talk about moving from San Francisco to New York. I don't think that you can go any farther, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and picking up and leaving your belongings and living out of a hotel, living out of a suitcase, you know, you have to be persistent, you know, to, to, to stick. And it's tough because you have to have somebody that's willing to stand on the table for you to get your opportunities. And that's the, that's the hard part, especially being a third-round draft pick, especially being an undrafted free agent. Opportunities are limited and far between. Xavier, you played at Washington State. Uh, the head coach at the time, was it Mike Leach? Uh, yeah. It, it, now, here's a guy. Can I ask him one question before yeah, you go to Mike you, Leach? You, you go. Mike Leach never made you sleep in the closet, did he? <laughs> no, you had to go in the black I closet. Here we go. No, we got, no, we got, no, I don't think that would have worked out for <laughs> yeah. me and him too well. <laughs> you would have did that? No, no. no, no I never understood it. There's no way this man would have made me go in the closet either, man. I think, I think Xavier can handle himself. Can you explain to, to the listeners what I'm speaking of when I'm talking about well, the closet? Well, I think you're talking about Mike Leach and uh, – and, his days coaching Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Yes, uh, there were some disciplinary issues, I guess, with a couple players. But uh, and where did he put them? Um, I think we're gonna cross this fence, man. We're gonna <laughs> we're going right to the line. We ain't gonna go over it. Yeah. We're gonna go right to the line. He put a couple players, made them sit in the closet in a dark room because they had concussions, and you know, since then he's he's changed. Don't worry, I said the same thing to Mike Leach when he came to the to the facility. I'm, a couple not, years I'm ago. not worried about it. If I meet Mike Leach, I got your back. I got your uh, you back know, <laughs> if he stepped to you. You know, he was almost just uh, signed up by Tennessee, almost I'm, as a head coach of Tennessee. I'm happy, I'm happy you didn't go in the closet. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Sorry, but so. Xavier. Playing for a guy like Leach at Washington State, everybody is thinking offense, offense, offense. Yeah. Did you feel like you were getting the love there? <laughs> because the first thing you think about about that program is the mad scientist, the pirate, Mike Leach. Mike Leach. Um, yeah, I mean, the amount of reps that the offense took, you know, on a daily basis, I thought I was playing offense, yeah. to tell you the truth. But, you know, he really never – um, came over to that side. Yep. He, he kind of just let the D.C. be the D.C., but it, it was cool just watching how many routes they run and how sophisticated the offense was. So it was a good experience. And where are the Jets working you predominantly now along that front? Um, I'm just a reserve defensive lineman yep. for now, and I'm just playing all multiple uh, positions wherever they need me. You know, when the guys need to come out for rest, I'm, I'm just jumping in there. Now, what, where do you feel your natural position is? Uh, my natural position is at the three technique being able to rush inside and penetrate inside. So, you know, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, find my home here and, you know, ask what's, you know, whatever they ask for me to do, I'm trying to do it and, you know, just play hard. Bart Scott and I do a weekly film review on Jets Flight Plan, 1130 Sunday morning on CBS. Uh, And he'll go into the definitions of football terms. But why don't you explain to folks at home watching right now or listening on ESPN Radio the three technique. The three technique. Yeah. So really a three technique is shaded on the guard. Uh, the guard is located right next to the center. And usually the three technique gets the, you know, one-on-one matchup. You know, his, his main objective is to control the B-gap, you know, penetrate that B-gap, knock back the B-gap, you know, hold up double teams periodically for the linebackers. 
So guys like Barton come in and, you know, get that money too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's the position of the three technique. Always, always treated my three techniques very well. <laughs> you used to take Watches, food, steaks, whatever you want. I like my dudes nice and fat. What? Whatever you want, you got it. Would you really at the end of the year? No, absolutely. Yeah. I was very – rather you know, before these iPads came out, I know – I know you guys, this is all you know, but we had Arcosis. Arcosis was kind of like the first iPad that Apple stole the technology from. I always made sure they had everything they needed, man, because what happens is it's not a glorious position, man. Half the time you're sitting there and, and sitting on double teams and, you know, a guy come, like me come down. I always made sure whenever I was a linebacker that I got downhill fast so then they can split the double team and then I can do my part as well. But, but, but so that's they, what people liked about you when you played uh, – during your days with the Jets, is this guy loved to take on guards, and if another linebacker was getting a tackle, you were fine with that. It's all good, man. Listen, long, long, long as your teammates know you have the respect from your teammates, that's all you so, care about. You don't care all about all the individual accolades because you know the easiest thing to get in football is stats, right? But the, but to get the stats, who are you willing to screw? You know, I can go and, and rush the pass and get a million sacks. But how many yards am I going to give up by getting upfield and creating a harder gap for my linebacker to have to fill? But, and that's where you get the real respect from is your peers. JoJo. <laughs> Joe Jeezy. Not only are you a receiver, but you are the Jets' primary return man right now. What is the mentality of a returner? I mean, uh, for me, my mentality, man, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to bring a spark to the team uh, in the best way possible. Um, you know, kick return, part return, my, my – uh, Blocking unit, you know, they, they do a good job for me every week. And, you know, just earning the coach's trust and the team, uh, my teammates' trust. So any way possible I can make a spark for the team, that's what I'm trying to do. Now, you got to be a little crazy to volunteer for that because people don't realize, you know, I mean, it's hard to block these gunners in the right, league. Right. Yeah, you got guys that's, you know, right in your face. They're running, you know, 40 miles, I mean, mm -hmm. 40, 40 yards and the collisions. You know, who, who, who inspired you? Who are some to, – to you, who's the best returner to ever do it? I gotta go with uh, I gotta go with D Hester. Yeah, go okay. no doubt. I mean, uh, just watching what he did just throughout his career, it just you know inspired me to you know try and try to you know follow his path. Do you think you're close? There's been a couple times I've watched you after they got you down and you're hopping to the sidelines like, oh, if I yeah. just broke that tackle or made one step this way. I'm to the house. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm close. Uh, like I say, I'm just trying to you know take. Each week, one week at a time, you know, just build my confidence up. And, you know, because I feel like that's all it is for me right now, just, you know, trying to build my confidence up. And then, you know, that big one is going to come. So my coach tell me, be patient, and, you know, it's going to come. And what about, JoJo, uh, offensively? You getting a, a little bit of work in, in practice as well, yeah. or right now predominantly uh, special teams? Right now, I mean, it's predominantly special teams, but I'm getting a little work each week. Uh, coach working me in uh, practice, you know. I came in late, you know, after leaving the coach, so I wasn't kind of, right. I wasn't all the way caught up with the guys on the, as far as the playbook, but, you know, uh, as weeks been going by, I've been getting better in, the, in my playbook, and, you know, Coach, he's, you know, trying to put me in the mix a little bit. I, I, I'll go into the um, to the suggestion boxing. Get you on that jet suite, you know yeah, what I mean? Oh, Stewart, yeah. Stewart, Stewart couldn't bend that corner quite, <laughs> quite yesterday. You know, we yeah. give you a shot at it. Yeah. Xavier, what's it uh, been like for you to work with a guy, a consummate professional, Steve McClendon, who came over here from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been here a number of years. I think he's kind of an unheralded guy along that defensive line, yeah. a good run stuffer. He's really helped this team out, um, fortify the middle this year, I think. 
Yeah, Steve uh, brings that uh, vet savviness to the D-line. Um, ever since I got here, uh, you know, Steve's welcomed me in. You know, he's been able to teach me some things I didn't know. Because uh, you, ne you you got to stay a student in this game. Because uh, this game will bring you to your knees. E everybody knows that that's played it. And so, I, you know, I just asked Steve, you know, different things about taking on doubles, playing different uh, blocks, going against different offensive schemes. And he's been really helpful. He's, he's got, like, a philosopher way about him, doesn't he? Yeah. Because uh, he always looks at the big picture and is able to grab hold of it and then, and then articulate it in a, in a fine way. Yeah, you know, Steve and Demario are great leaders on the defense. You know, like I said, I play, I play with Demario in Cleveland as well. And him and Steve, you know, bring that vet savviness and guys that, you know, can get you up. If you're feeling down or something's going on in your life, you know, when you touch the field with those guys, you, you want to bring it. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm just reminded when you say Demario, I'm, I'm reminded because you <laughs> got to think I got him when he was young. And he hit us with the wheelbarrow story. You know, he, he's a rookie, and he come in, and he tells his story about getting in the wheelbarrow. We all looking like, rookie, if you don't shut the hell up and go get my donuts, man, get the hell out of here. We, but, yeah, he's, he, listen, I'm, listen, I'm proud. I'm, I'm yeah, like I a proud, know you I'm are. Like, I'm like a proud, proud papa. older brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a proud papa, man, because I've watched, you know, Demario mature. And, you know, the, we talked about at the beginning of the season, you know, I think he struggled, him and Darren, with the chemistry. You know, but you know, I don't think – I think he's playing top five linebacker in his league since, you know, week three. All right, so uh, Xavier Cooper, keep up the hard work. JoJo Natson, I think it's only a matter of time because good, based good things happen to folks who visit us on right. Inside the right. Jets. That's so so yeah, that's some that's fantasy advice for you. Maybe pick up JoJo Natson down the stretch. Mm -hmm. He's ready to take one to the house. That's Thanks so much for joining us, guys. No we'll be right back on Inside the Jets. Thank you. We're back here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits at the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel. Nice job by defense alignment Xavier Cooper, also wide receiver kick returner JoJo Natson. And I wish we were on live during the break. We might have to start doing that uh, for folks on Facebook or watching our live stream on NewYorkChess.com. ESPN, we got to uh, pay the commercials, but you just had some words of wisdom. But for both you, of these guys. It may get too real for them off, off the air. Yeah? Know? No, no, I've just explained to them, listen, I, I've been in, this, in, the, in the situation they've been in. I've been an undrafted free agent, you know, just waiting for that one opportunity. And I was telling them, listen, you may only get one opportunity. If you get two, you're lucky. And to maximize those opportunities, you know, because I've been there. And, and I explained to them what my first start was, the situation um, that, that, it, that it came under. And, you know, you would have never heard of me if I hadn't performed when I had that opportunity. So, yeah, well, let's uh, talk to the folks. Should we be transparent with the people yeah, out there? come okay. on, man. Well, my first, my your first start after my, three years of waiting, my, after being a special teams demon, yep. after working your way up during practice, you get a start not on Sunday afternoon, not against any, uh, any old team, but it's a Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, Halloween night. Monday night football. Fright night for Bart yeah. Scott, the mad backer. <laughs> Jerome Bennis, Willie Parker, no Ray Lewis. Blewis Hamstring got the week before, and everybody was like, hey, you know, Pittsburgh was Pittsburgh at that time. And, you know, at that time it was really about running the ball and, and, and being physical. And here I am, this 235-pound linebacker, you know, and everybody thought, okay, it was a foregone conclusion that the Steelers were going to run up and down the field. the young pup. And I, and I took those lights and I shined them directly on me and I dared to be great. And then I said, hey, man, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down swinging. 
you know, I'm going down on my back. They're going to have to carry me out of here. And I was willing to die that night, literally. Yeah. I was willing to die. I was willing to do whatever I had to do to make sure that I got an opportunity and I got a second chance. And, you know, I, I had a decent night. I believe I had two sacks, 11 tackles, you know, a couple PBUs, and, you know, took Big Ben down a couple times and showed Bussy um, I was the driver that night. <laughs> and the rest is history for Bart Scott. Uh, Jets defensively against Kansas City. Gave up way too many big plays for their own liking. Right. Kansas City didn't really rush the football. Yes, Alex Smith got free for a 70-yarder. You never want to see that. i seen them pulling away from guys, man. i got to check some, some 40 times on that defense. So this year, though, the Jets have not <laughs> given up a lot of big plays defensively. What did you see? Why did it happen Sunday? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to be on an island with, with Tyreek uh, Hill. I mean, you talk about Robbie Anderson. Tyreek Hill is more compact. Uh, he's faster in and out of his breaks. He is the fastest man in the NFL. And, I mean, you talk about – I mean, you can't get enough cushion. And, um, you know, being a one-on-one and, you know, talk about the last play and man-to-man coverage, they, you know, the Jets tried to show that two-deep shell. But Alex Smith has been there, done that. He's seen all these type of looks before. You know, the safety can only hold it for so long. And running a bang eight – and when you have outside leverage, which is you're trying to play to whatever help you can get. When you say bang eight. Bang eight is like a post. So right. imagine running straight in at 15 to 20 yards. You're going to you're, the goal it's, post. It's, it's going straight to the goal post. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough when you have outside leverage because you can't get too high on them because if you get in front of them and give up the post, you have no, absolutely no help. You have a small chance to have help if it's a dig or something like that. You can get either your whole player or your rat player. When I say whole player, rat player, it's the, un, it's the free defender. He can choose to help whoever he wants to help in between the middle of the field. But he made that help may go to somebody else. So, you know, you don't know. And, and you know, Tyreek Hill got, got loose, but – what I was impressed with is they never blinked. You know, whenever, whenever Kansas City answered, they had a response. And, you know, that's what you talk about. You're saying any means necessary. It's not going to always be pretty, you know, but the, the ultimate goal is to get the victory, and that's what they did. And they did it because they showed a lot of grit. They showed a lot of character. And they showed that, you know, that they can, that they can be in a tight game and fight and scrap against an elite quarterback. Listen, good teams find different ways to win and if you had told me before Sunday that the Jets were going to be in a, shoot, in a shootout with the Kansas City Chiefs, I would have thought, hey, maybe this is something you don't want to be in. But they found themselves in that, and they found a way to win in the fourth quarter. Different guys stepped up. I mean, you talk about you know, the points they put up. I think that's more points than the Giants put up all year combined. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah I said it. Yeah, I said it's been a horrible year. I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that a little bit. Uh, I'm a bask in the glory. Uh, from a, a former player's perspective, uh, something that Todd Bowles did uh, before this game was he made Darren Lee inactive, and he also uh, benched Muhammad Wilkerson for the first quarter. Now, Todd Bowles is the kind of guy, and I know you have tremendous amount of respect for him. He does not take any issue publicly. If he's got to say anything to a player, he's going to say it behind closed doors. What he said to the media was, coach's decision, we handle it in-house. Right. I mean, you, you, you got and, – and, and that's what you, you don't want to publicly embarrass um, an athlete unless you have to, unless they make you. You know, and, and Ty keeps everything in-house, and I think 
you know, you don't see any leaks this year. You don't hear anybody speaking out. Everybody kind of hounds their business professionally. And, you know, but what that does is send a message. That sends a message to your team that nobody's bigger than this team. Right. No victory is important. You know, and, and I'm not picking on the Giants, but if they would have nipped the Odell stuff in the butt earlier, I don't think McAdoo and these guys, you know, get, get fired today. You know, and it's because you have to – you treat everybody fairly. You can't fit, treat everybody the same, but you, it's certain things that you just have to put your foot down. And when if you break team rules, nobody is above the team rules. Nobody is bigger than the team. That, that is the message that Todd Bowles is sending. And look at the way – the guys on the field Sunday responded. Next man up. And, you know, every it's an opportunity. Sun, but every Sunday something we talk about is that the Jets this year are playing good football. Yes, the record is not where they want it to be, but at 5-7, and seven, every week they come with juice, passion, energy. Last year at times we watched a lot of veterans struggle through moments basically late in their career, and the Jets were getting blown out of games. Right. You go in each week thinking, hey, this team is going to give everything they have, and they're going to have a chance at victory in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. I mean, in this league, you can get by with enthusiasm and passion and emotion, and sometimes teams, uh, for some certain reason or not, don't bring the passion, and it's harder when you're a veteran and you've you know, been there, done that. All these guys play like they're excited to have an opportunity to play football for a living. And that's something that, you know, should be commended, that these guys bring it every, every week. And that's what happens is, you know, guys don't bring it. And what happens is a lot of effort and passion can get you, get you through. You know, you're not gonna, every play is not going to always be the perfect play, but it's a lot to be said about hustle and grit. You know, DeMario didn't have to run Alex Smith down. If you hesitate just for a second. Right. Those are the two yards where he, where he goes in. But when you see that guy you know, break loose and you decide to pull the trigger, then you know, that's impulsive. That's, that's practice. That's, that's creating a culture. You're watching Inside the Jets. We're here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Eric Allen and Bart Scott, we're going to come right back and talk about the Jets going to the Mile High City and facing the Denver Broncos. All right, we're back here at the Vander, at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park, um, Bart, Jets, Broncos, Sunday in Colorado. Jets so far this season, just one road victory. This is a young team who has every right to be feeling good about themselves. But they only have one road victory this year. That was in Cleveland. That was a struggle. How do they take this performance against Kansas City and go into Denver and take care of business against a team that has lost eight consecutive games and is now three and nine. Well, they got to realize they can't overlook anybody. They, they haven't earned the right to overlook anybody. And if you've never played in Mile High before, they're, they're in for a rude awakening because the altitude is something that can be an issue. So you want to make sure that you're efficient on getting off the field on third down and you're, and you're efficient in converting third down. You know, I remember playing in the Mile High um, Stadium when I was with the Baltimore Ravens, and, you know, we told people every, every day that, okay, listen, it, the air is thin up there. It's going to be different. Right. And, and until you start really running, you don't understand. First of all, you have to 
worry about altitude sickness. So I'll be um, curious to see how the Jets decide to travel as well. Because well, well, how did you used to do that as a player? Well, you can do it one or two ways. You can go out there a day early, give your body an opportunity we to acclimate to the, to the uh, altitude. Okay. Or you fly in late. It takes like 24 hours for you to feel the effects of altitude sickness because you can get migraines at night sleeping as the air is thin. And also you have to adjust because when you start running, you can get headaches. So it's going to be important that you prepare for it. Did it really impact you on the field? It didn't, it, it didn't impact me because I was in great shape and I was too young and stupid to know that I was supposed to be tired. Right. But I did see, I won't name his name, but I did see a lineman fake an injury because he was so tired during two-minute drill and he couldn't breathe. So he faked his own injury. We had to call as a timeout. This dude laid on the ground for about 20 minutes. And then got up and sprinted off the field. We looked like, what are you doing, well, man? Well, didn't have enough air to sprint off the field. Exactly. He couldn't breathe, so he laid down there for about five minutes. But he made us waste the time out during two-minute drill while we were trying to get a score. <laughs> so it, it can be an issue, especially for the bigger uh, players. And you talk about DBs, and it's something that you have to adjust to. But, you know, the biggest problem could be the no-fly zone because this is going to be a huge challenge for Curse. Uh, and, and Robbie Anderson as they have to deal with Chris Harris and key to leave if he's off suspension. I believe he's off suspension. I, 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 believe, believe, I, believe, I believe the team should suspend him another game. What he did was Bush League, but that's a whole other story. They've been struggling as well, and uh, it should be a matchup where you know, it should be a defensive struggle because you know, when you have three quarterbacks, you have none. You talk about Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, and Osweiler. I mean – Talk about, you know, not really knowing who your leader is, and that can be a problem. But they have very capable weapons on the outside. I don't know. I think Emmanuel Sanders is playing and Demarius Thomas is playing. So they can get loose. You can't allow C.J. Anderson to get rolling because when they've had success this year, yep. it's been because C.J. Anderson has pulled that safety into the box and, and gave those one-on-one -on -one opportunities on the outside. How important will early in this ball game be considering – Denver started 3-1. and one. Everybody in the National Football League thought, hey, this is going to be a playoff team. They might win the division, but they'll definitely be in the playoffs. Now, there is no chance for them to be in the postseason. Under our first-year head coach, Vance Joseph, they're really struggling. They're scuffling. You've been on teams that have struggled before. But, I mean, eight in a row. Right. Well, this, is, this is something where this is going to impact your mindset. And if the Jets can go in there jump on them early against an offense that really can't get out of its own way, you got to figure the Jets have a great chance of winning this game. Yeah, but you talk about the best pass rusher in the game when, you, when you're talking about Von Miller. You, can't, you have to account for him as well. They are good enough defensively to win the game on their own. You know, if, you, if you turn the football Absolutely, on. because they got ball hawks who, if they catch the ball, can turn those into points as well. I think one of the most underrated losses this year was the fact that they decided to move on from Wade Phillips. It's a totally different defense. It's not as aggressive. It's not as creative. It's not the 3-4. And I think they're struggling for that. So the Jets are going to have to make sure that they get out early and that they're, they're, they're willing to use all 53 on the roster because you're going to need them. Uh, especially if these guys, you know, because they're young. So it'll be the first time you talk about emotional players. You know, you talk about May, you talk about Lee, you talk about um, Adams. You know, sometimes you, you may have to keep your composure because I'm telling you, if you get on one of these two, minute, these two minutes and, and you shoot your wide early and you get tired early on in the game, it can be a long day. All right, so 
The Jets, let's break the season into quarters. Yeah. They are approaching the final quarter of the season. At Denver this week, and at New Orleans, a team who's really changed its identity, uh, playing pretty good defense, but they're rushing the football. Alvin Kamara is taking the NFL by storm. Then a home game on Christmas Eve against the L.A. Chargers, who That's are to, that's still hard to say. Who are competing for the AFC West title, and then you finish up with New uh, New England on New Year's Eve. What do you see quickly in 30 seconds as far as the final quarter of the schedule? Well, it's, 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 it's always tough to play against New England, but you don't you don't know if New England's playing for for. Um, Number one overall record for home field advantage. Um, going against Drew Brees, you know, you talk about Ingram as well. You know, that one-two punch is really, you know, running the football. It's, it's going to be tough. But, you know, this team is capable of beating anybody if they're willing and able to put together four quarters of team football and make sure they don't turn over the ball. All right, come join us next week. That's all time we have. Another Victory Monday. <laughs>